Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter, and I'm here with Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And this week's podcast features some of our best bits that you haven't yet heard. Michelle Guima, money empowerment educator, explains how to sort your money out so we can all be a financial whiz. And trans woman T. Uglo talks to us about gender, sexuality, and just what we mean by masculine and feminine. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! We are talking money. Money, 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 money. 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 Exactly. Uh, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Guima, who is a money empowerment educator, is on the phone and she's going to talk to us about helping women earn and keep more of their money and also about how we all manage our debt better. Hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is a money ed- empowerment educator when they're at home? <laughs> um, when they're at home, I'm currently <laughs> six months pregnant, sitting in the most comfortable chair <laughs> um, in the house. Um, well, essentially what I do is I help women to understand um, what their previous money stories are and how that affects the way that they kind of feel and behave with money and to try and help them have better habits. So whether that's being com- more confident with it, being able to ask for more in the workplace, taking more of an interest and basically doing better and not kind of burying their heads in the sand around to their money issues. Okay. And when we talk about burying our heads in the sand, do you think women are, are worse for that than men? Do we have a, a more kind of, we'll just ignore it and hope it turns up attitude? Um, I think a lot of people have that attitude. I don't think that's something that's just um, exclusively an issue um, for women. Um but having said that, a lot of women do have that attitude. And, and sometimes when I talk to people, they, they'll say, oh, you know, I, I don't see myself in that category. Um, but I remember reading a, a really great book called Your Prince Charming Isn't Coming by Barbara Stanley. And she was saying that essentially a lot of us women um, have been raised with this idea that somebody will come along and fix your money issues. And I remember reading it thinking, no, that's not me. I'm the breadwinner in the house and I don't have that mm-hmm. issue. And then I realised that actually my mum was my Prince Charming because I knew that if anything went wrong, catastrophically wrong, I knew that I could go to her and ask her for money if I needed to. And that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And it got me thinking that actually that there's probably quite a lot of us women that do in the back of our minds think to ourselves, I don't really need to 
get to know this very much or they need to do much because it will work itself out or something will come along. So I think it is, it's something that happens to all of us, but it's, uh, I think it's a particular issue for quite a lot of women. Interesting. So before the show in our kind of production meeting, we were talking about uh, the series of kind of mockumentaries on BBC Three at the moment, looking mm. about looking at debt and yep. what happens when we go into debt, particularly the one titled "Killed by My Debt." Um, as somebody who's been in a lot of debt and constantly fights against being in more debt, <laughs> do you think this attitude of something's going to come along and fix it at some point? Is that one of the reasons that we are so bad as a nation, really, mm. at managing our debt? I think I think the key thing around debt is that it's so normal. It's so normalised that it's very difficult to, A, see it as something to, be, to approach to a caution, but it's also difficult to um, see when you have a problem because if you were to talk to most of your friends, I would imagine that most people have a credit card or loans or something and because it's so normal you don't really realize it's an issue until it becomes unmanageable and that was a situation that I definitely um, found myself in and I think that is a, you know, a real factor as to why so many people struggle with it but also I don't think there's much educa education around debt either because it's so easy to get into there isn't much education around well you know, what, are the pra what practical plans do you have to pay this money back? But also there isn't much talk about the emotional factors that come with have, um, having debt because it does cause a lot of stress and anxiety for people. Um, and especially if you have, you know, already have existing, say, mental health issues and debt can make that even worse. So I think there's a kind of two-pronged um, piece there in terms of lack of education around debt and what the implications are but also the fact that it's so normal and it's very much, well, everybody's doing it, so I might as well do it as well. Yeah, and we live in such a culture that kind of drive us to just keep buying more and more and have these lifestyles beyond our means. Do you, do you know anything about the understanding about what drives us to spend more money? I certainly know that when I look back on my spending history that I got into debt at a time when I had very little money and, and it's almost like now I've kind of got money I'm not in debt because there's almost a psychology around not having stuff wanting stuff that you can't have and then when you can have it you kind of don't want it so you don't get to debt over it and I just wonder yeah. if there's like I don't really know where I'm going with this question, to be honest. <laughs> My relationship with debt changed when I realised that if you're an entrepreneur, and especially people in business, most companies are built on debt. Yeah. And yes, it's not an individual's debt, but it's debt. Money is the mm. is, is, is ultimately a, a currency. Um, and as soon as I realised that no one can kill me, you know, I'm not taking money from loan sharks, so technically no one can kill me for having debt there's always a way through and it's completely how it's looking at me like what but it's different so i had my had a, my first business um at 19 at 21 i had a retail franchise i lost that franchise at 22 and ended up with 50 grand's worth of debt plus my student loans plus all of my student debt and i wasn't earning any any money and so i had to figure out a way to pay that money off and so as soon as you've been through that and connected with the this is part and parcel of running a business your relationship with it just changes and so i would i would easily and this is completely my situation i ha i don't get anxiety about being in debt because i know i can pay it off and i know my but worst case scenario is 
I, but I there's think two different things there, right? Which is you know, company debt, mm-hmm. and I think actually as a nation we are very lax about company debt, and that's why we end up with things like Carillion, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and like you know, that level <laughs> where companies built on debt, companies yeah. built on debt who then wipe out thousands of small businesses because mm-hmm. they don't manage their debt, mm-hmm. and that Ooh. I'm not I'm not okay with that because I've been those small businesses that get wiped out by them. Yeah, but that, that you but know there are lots of companies all over the world built on debt that don't necessarily yeah, wipe out in that way. That's different to personal debt though. In, in, because a company debt but as a small business i had to take out personal guarantees for my debt which is why i had mm. to pay off that amount but the trouble is if you get into debt and you're relying on your monthly paycheck to pay off those you know yeah. hps those you know overdrafts yeah. if you lose your job suddenly yeah. you're in big trouble and that's very very yeah, a living outside means and and so i think the education isn't on the debt it's that you don't need to live outside of your means what are your means? What can you afford before you get into the debt? But that's really easy to say. Michelle, how do, you, how do we yeah. kind of, how do we A, manage our debt when we're in it and B, find a kind of, I guess, a, a more holistic or useful mentality around it? Mm. Around money. Well, yeah, well, I think the first thing I think a lot of people don't do is they, they don't total it up. Um, and I know that I didn't do this for a very, very long time myself because I've had a lot of debt in the past. But I think getting getting a hold on what the actual number is 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 really the first step because you know you're not able to make a plan if you don't know what you're kind of planning for. Mm-hmm. And and I think the second thing, I mean, for me, I personally, I spent a long time feeling really ashamed of the fact that I had so much debt, and I kind of let it get out of control, and then I'd hit, hit a point essentially where I couldn't move it to any 0% credit cards anymore. Oh, I My credit that ran out essentially. <laughs> yes. And that was a crunch point for me. Um, and, I, and I spent a long time really beating myself up with, with shame over it. And what I would say, if anybody's in that position, is you've made financial mistakes in the past, but there's always time to pull it back and so not mm-hmm. to spend, you know, spend t- too much time dwelling on that. And I, I dwelled on it so much that I was like one step forward, two steps back, two steps back. What I would say, though, is, is try to find somebody that you can talk to about it because you know, having that kind of shame keeps you in a place where you're really stuck and you can't do anything and you feel like everything you try doesn't work. But if you've got somebody to kind of share that burden with, to talk to, it makes a huge difference. And one of the biggest things that worked for me personally was shifting my mindset and saying, well, you know, this is just a number. This is not something that characterizes me. This, this isn't the whole of me. This is just one aspect of my life. And I have the ability to turn things around. Mm-hmm. And there were days when that I felt like that wasn't cutting it, but I had to believe that it was entirely possible for me to make um, changes in the next three months, in the next six months, and to keep moving forward. And that, for me, was um, a bit of a lifesaver in the sense that I've I've got control of this. If I got into it, I can easily get out, but I just have to be really consistent. With and that's the thing, control, yeah. ownership. Yeah. You, you owned the fact that that debt was there. No one spent the money for you. That yep. was your yep. debt. So you then yep. understood how much you had. Um, and then, you know, I think people, you need to, people need to cut up their cards, cut the cards and start working out what a payment plan is. And there yep. are things, you know, not everyone wants to go down the route of an IVA, but you can do an IVA. What's you, an IVA? Uh, involuntary... Um, kind of consolidation of, of all, yeah. all of your all of your debt so you can pay a lower amount call the banks call the credit card companies mm-hmm. let them know the situation 
they they will ultimately be penalized if they treat you badly in that in that when you're in that in that in that situation exactly or go to the citizens advice bureau there are ways through it the worst thing is basically sitting on your hands you have to in when you're in debt you have to own the situation and when you come out of it that's the thing my thing about you know no one can kill me and i won't die as soon as you realize that there is someone at the end of the phone who if you don't have the money they can't have the money so it's in their interest to work out a payment plan so they will work with you on 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 that uh michelle what were some of the kind of practical things that you did so nat mentioned kind of cutting up cards calling banks were there other things that you tried well, I then had to go through my expenses um, because I didn't really know what was going on in my bank account. I knew that mm. there was no money left at the end of the month. <laughs> I didn't really know where it was going. <laughs> and I think, and so for me, I had to have a look and, um, you know, make big decisions, you know, with my partner as to, well, what, do, what, where are we going to spend our money, and how, how can we find more money to to pay off more than the minimum? Because that was the other thing because you didn't want to be in a place where you're just treading water. Mm. And so, you know, some expenses had to be cut back. But and but what I found, and a really good tip, was to start using cash when you go shopping, for yeah. the, like even food shopping, because it's so easy to, to swipe cards. Um, but I remember reading somewhere that someone said that parting with your money, your physical money, is really painful, so it makes you think twice as to whether you really want something <laughs> or not. And for me having like an envelope of cash and knowing that that had to last until the end of the week until you know when I kind of did the budget again was a real that was that was a real eye opener for me in terms of where little, little pockets of money were being frittered away on other stuff but what that meant was I was freeing up more and more smaller consistent chunks of money to be able to put um towards a debt and I set up a bigger direct debit so I set up a di- bigger direct debit bigger than the um, minimum amount and if there was anything left at the end of the week that would go towards it as well because the thing about having debt is that not many of us kind of you know below 10 grand in 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 a day it's it's small incremental steps and so it takes those small incremental steps to get it back down again and so they were the kind of biggest things for me and and I'd have a tracker so I could see how much it was going down by and it and it's a real good motivator to keep you focused as to why you're doing this and why you're not going out with friends for drinks. And, you and you know, when you're kind of feeling like, oh, this is too difficult, but you've got that tracker to say, well, no, if I keep keep on with the plan that I have in six months time, you know, one credit card will be gone. And it's such a good feeling when one goes, he's like, yes, I've yeah. done one and you can move on to the next one. I also added in, um, I calculated the date where I would be 100 percent debt free. Oh, and yeah. I said I would reward myself. <laughs> it's probably something expensive, yeah. probably no me. Um, and that was a huge motivator too. So I was debt free, I think at, at 30. And it it was like, okay, that, that's fine. Because I know that, that the end is in sight. And then you break it down into all of the small things. Yeah. 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 And an, another thing that me and my boyfriend did was um, when we were paying down the debt and seeing it go down, we would be talking about the things that we want to do. And it, it started... It, Became, because it would always be, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could do X, Y, and Z? But then the language started to change to, when the debt's gone by this date, mm-hmm. we can do X, Y, Z. And it's really empowering just seeing that language shift. And that language shift has occurred mm-hmm. because we've been focused on paying off the debt because we've got bigger things that we want to achieve. And we're like, we're going to be debt-free completely by next February. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to him the other day, I said, 
just think all the money that comes into our bank account will be ours. We won't have to give any of it away to yeah. anyone else. Like, oh my God, when was the last time that happened? It's, you know, it's all those really small things, those small seeds and those small pictures of what you can do when you're debt-free to try and keep you going that I think are really important. I love that. Thank you so much, Michelle. If you want to hear more from Michelle, you can find her website at qualitypays.co.uk. Michelle Gima, Money Empowerment Educator. Uh, great tips there, I think. If you're in debt and you need some help, do check her out. Also look on the Government Advice Line. Go speak to your Citizens Advice Bureau. Do talk to somebody about it, please. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. We talk a lot on this show about gender uh, and Emma pointed in the direction of an amazing article from earlier this year called We Understand the Solar System, So Why Do People Still Struggle with Gender? Written by T. Uglo, who's in the studio with us now. T, welcome to Badass Women's Hour. Thank you so much for being Lovely here. <laughs> when we say, why do we still struggle with gender? What is, what's there to understand? We have men, we have women. Is it not that simple? Um, no. <laughs> I think actually what's extraordinary is we're beginning to get we're beginning to understand that that we don't understand that's what we're beginning to do it was such a funny thing that the um the that headline for that article it was like oh yeah no I wasn't saying I'm not saying we do understand the solar system <laughs> what I'm saying is we don't understand the solar system if you talk to a, a physicist or a, um astronomer about this it's like no no the whole point is is that when you think you understand something that's really when you should be looking really hard at it and 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 we're seeing that happen at the moment just at a generational level on the most extraordinary level when young people are are able to understand and articulate what gender means in ways that the older generations are really really struggling with um, it's just sort of extraordinary to watch and and it was just so I just wanted to write a little thing and say it's okay. You know, <laughs> these things take time and they evolve and we're moving through this. Can you tell us a little bit about your story with gender? My story? Yes. 
um, okay. <laughs> so I was born a really long time ago. Oh, this involves me telling you how old I am. No. Uh, I was born 40 years ago, um, 42 years ago in Kent, in Canterbury. Um, which, so that's like 1970s Kent. Um, it's not a big town. It's a, um, a cathedral, a cathedral city. And um, it wasn't the sort of place where you were able to go, were you able to question that? So I, got, I definitely like had that whole stage of thinking that there was a switchover day where where I, I obviously the little boys became little girls because that must happen, right? So you were born male? I was a boy, yeah. yeah. But you always knew as a boy <laughs> that you wanted to be a girl. So did you grow up kind of, like you say, expecting that you were going to change? <laughs> that day would come. Um, no, no, that passed by about four. <laughs> you know, you kind of twig that actually this isn't going to happen, partly because it felt really unfair to all the girls that they would have to be boys. <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't. And also this extraordinary thing that your brain is capable of these amazing um, acts of masking and camouflage to protect you. Um, from dangerous ideas and at the time it was an extremely dangerous idea to to go around presenting that and and I still think the bravest people in the world are the ones who who kind of do do that because it took me decades um, and it's been really interesting on this journey kind of having people who and it's almost a trope is that like you read other people's accounts and 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 they will say, oh, yeah, like when you were 20, you used to talk about this and then you went back in. And it's like you come out a little bit and you find out whether it's safe to talk about this. And you're like, it's not safe. <laughs> Go back. Um, and, and then you delude yourself really into in, in your head into thinking that all the things that you think are, 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 are normal uh, are, are normal. And when actually they're not really that normal. <laughs> Um, you know, when your parents are telling you, don't worry, everything's normal. These thoughts you're having, they're completely normal. It's like, no. <laughs> not that normal. <laughs> so what should we be exploring around gender? Um, I think just a, a general um, understanding that whilst like, there's all these normative ideas, like there's, it's, it is perfectly normal for girls to sort of... Actually, I don't know about the pink-blue thing. I think that's something we impose. But certainly this idea that, that girls play in a different way to boys. Like anyone who's got... I've got two little boys. Like, yeah, they definitely do. Like no one's suggesting that that's not... Um, real no one's suggesting that biological sex is not like um, an inherent part of of the the human dna i think what we're pointing at is the idea that gender is not the same as biological sex mm. that actually the roles that that people um take in society are often kind of forced on them by the expectations of the people around them rather than because that's what they want to do so just as to to separate it out, so you've got man, woman, male, female, and you're you're saying there's a difference ultimately between the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's and one is prescribed. So this is where it gets rather gnarly because if you want to get into it, like there's a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions on on exactly this sort of topic, mm. um, and you can get into chromosomal um, sort of separations of XY and XX, and then there's lots of little complications of XXX and, 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 and multiple variations and we can't actually all have karyotypes so we don't actually know I mean we think we know but we don't really know and is this part of the what you were suggesting we yeah, don't we actually don't know, know. <laughs> yeah we're not right you know we're, we're not like there's this thing about oh but obviously it's just boys and girls and that's exactly the same as saying well look obviously the sun goes around the earth because look every day it starts over there and it ends over there so 
if it goes all the way round and then it comes up over there again, then obviously the sun is going around <laughs> the, the earth. And mm-hmm. that lasted for so long, mm. not because it mainly because it was obvious because you could see it mm. and we can see this difference. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's very straightforward. But actually, when you begin to examine it, when you begin to observe it, you realize that there is more data, there is more information. And actually, your model doesn't really work. Mm. So all we're at at the moment is this place of going, oh, yeah, there's more data. We're not sure exactly how it works, but it's not this clean. Mm. There's one quote in your article that I just really loved. And you put in this article, you may still think, well, that's fine. Clearly you do exist, but men are men and women are women, which is okay. You're exercising the right to your own beliefs and to treat people differently based on those beliefs. That's called a prejudice. And acting upon it is called discrimination, which can be legal, illegal or fuzzy, depending on where you live and who you discriminate against. And like Natalie didn't didn't agree with me on this, but I really like that because I'm... No, I did agree with you. On that, on the statement, I agreed. My challenge is that, so it's it's more of it's more of a truth. I want to be able to call myself a woman, mm. and it's what I when we were initially talking about it. For me, I don't feel comfortable just saying, "Well, let's just blur the lines and not have any lines," because I've worked really hard to be able to call myself woman. So that was the start of the conversation. The discrimination piece, obviously, I agree. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting thing about like because again, it's complicated. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this binary idea, Mm -hmm. and then there's lots of lots of um, people who are born with with female chromosomes, for example, who who are who consider themselves non-binary, who don't really want to fit into any of these categories. Mm-hmm. And it's just this slight separation of like role playing and what is expected of us in those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's awful to bring it down to biology because there are lots of other different different forms of, of defining things. And if we do want to bring it down to biology, we've just explained we can't prove that Mm -hmm. so just looking is not going to do it so yeah I think that there are there are definitely clear gender roles I'm kind of binary like I present as a woman and and I'm much much happier I was just thinking that marching through (laughs) that was my next question actually after so many years obviously not feeling totally yourself do you do you feel yourself now yeah sometimes I forget you know which is nice and then I remember that I'm six foot tall (laughs) <laughs> and I wish I was a bit shorter but then I was <laughs> the woman in the shop today was saying yes yes I shop I'm going to go shop online for a smaller waist size and I was like, you can't have everything you want yeah. <laughs> do you th- where do you stand on this idea that actually in schools we shouldn't be teaching boys and girls about gender we should actually just gender neutralize everything and you pick where you want to be and it's fine um, I think the school is going to be led by the kids, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that there's a lot of conversation about this. There's a lot of discussion about it. But um, when it comes to to um, these these conversations, they're being led by that generation. They're not being led by um, by some kind of education body. Yeah. And and it, it's really troubling in this country particularly because I'm not from... I mean, yeah. I am from the UK, but I live in Australia and I work a lot in America. So, and I travel around the world, and and it's really troubling uh, what the situation in the UK, where there are a lot of people who feel that they have a right to say this is how it should be and this is how it should be done, um, without listening to the people who are actually in that situation. Um, and it's very similar to to feminism and and race and a load of other issues, disabilities, like where you're there going. Let's listen to the people involved 
and maybe that would be a good place to start rather than um there's a lot of assumptions and people get very kind of aggressive really mm. yeah do you think we are as a society becoming more open to conversations about gender or because what i see is more conversations happening mm -hmm. but almost within those conversations a polarizing of opinion and people can't feel like they can't hang out <laughs> ironically people feel like they can't hang out in the middle they've got to go one way yeah. or the other <laughs> i just to jump in there but i think that's because people don't have the vocabulary yeah. it's so new it's a bit like if we were trying to talk about the solar system and talk about planets other than the nine I think we were told that there were in school and maybe there's ten or something um you don't have yeah Pluto got it's just a rock yeah um so if you don't have the vocabulary how do you start to have a conversation if you don't yeah, have exactly. the language how do you start to have a conversation if you've only ever known one thing all you can really say is well I don't know but there's no replacement in information to enable you to converse and converse in a way that makes sense to both parties yeah i agree i i think that that, that and like and that's kind of the point of this article it's just like this isn't an overnight thing it's not like we all got it wrong and now we've all got to get it right that's not how this works this is about understanding that something is a little bit more complicated than we thought it was mm. and it would be it would be really nice if it was a clean oh no it's not this one it's this one and um and but it's not that's just not how these things work um, and and the sooner we the sooner we understand that we are part of an, an ongoing conversation that will take another twenty or thirty years, probably. Although the speed we move these days, who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but certainly in the last twenty or thirty years, it's gone from something which I couldn't possibly have talked about yeah. to something that I can live and and be mm -hmm. and feel very comfortable in. Do they has there been any kind of studies or real understanding about? what causes that kind of biological disconnect about how people you know some people's bodies match what they feel in their in their heads and their brains versus people like yourself where yeah. it it just didn't it didn't correlate so medically like the, the term is is a, a gender dysphoria and gender dysphoria is exactly what you described this sensation that that the 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 role and the place you feel in the world does not align with um the biology of your body to use a clumsy term and um they don't know there there's there's a lot of there's a i mean this is science this is neuroscience really because actually it's not about genitals and it's not actually about your dna it's about your head mm -hmm. like that's where your gender lives um so it's about how you you identify and there are so if you go on the nhs they very comfortably say yes there's a there are different phases in the gestation period and different chromosomal what washes come through your body um, in um, your in the womb and that's actually the point at which your brain may just develop slightly differently and it's a tiny tiny number of people I mean it shouldn't get blown out of proportion um, but it's not known and mm. I'm sure that's something which will develop over time and again lots of people have lots of different opinions and they're not afraid to share them <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely not and we appreciate you sharing yours thank you so much it's a great pleasure yeah. ugly. lovely quote gender lives in the head I like that I'm going to think about it more. One, two, three, four. this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast we hope you've loved it as much as we do if you did rate and review us give us five stars and then come have a chat with us at Badass Women's Hour HR on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're there. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.